3: Welcome to Toronto Sport Matters, podcast number 42. With me is the Quad Pod podcast. To my left is Javon Bigart. Hey, guys. To my immediate left is Gregory Urshadis. What's up, D-Dot? And to my right is... (laughs) The German himself, Christian Wolfgang Graf, and I did you doing today, guys. Good,
0: <laughs> the Quad Wolfgang. Pod podcast. I like it.
3: So a lot to get to. Uh, we missed last week, unfortunately, but big news: the Toronto Raptors are the Eastern Conference champions of the regular season, finishing number one. First time a team's done it.
2: Another milestone. Another milestone.
3: Big, big milestone. Um, you know the team's looking pretty good. A couple rough losses to the Cavs and Boston Celtics. However, we are still, still getting a ton of hate from sport media. We'll play a little clip. I put together um, and we'll come back in a second
0: so I know they've
1: improved we've seen a lot out of them this season but do these numbers do anything as far as putting doubt in your mind about
3: just how good they are it
0: absolutely does the Toronto Raptors are the first number one seed at this point of the season that we don't feel like have a legitimate chance to win the conference That's and the numbers you just showed are exactly the reason and a lot of times your role players reflect that. Dwayne Casey has done a really good job of building out his bench, creating some depth, yep. but he needs those players to
1: perform well against the better teams.
2: Man, if Cleveland gets that fourth seed, this is bad news for <laughs> Toronto. It
1: really is. I mean, look, I-, I think we've seen in the last couple of games that Cleveland still sort of claims ownership of the Toronto Raptors here.
3: <laughs> so the Cavs
0: and LeBron Jays need to be prepared for the Raptors. It ain't the other way yes, around. Yes,
1: they do. Oh, yes, they do.
0: Look, the Raptors, credit to them. Great season, very good team. Nice depth. Not not a hugely talented team. Nice depth. Not great depth. I love these guys that they have playing on their bench. Obviously, DeRozan and Lowry are great backcourt. But they are not ready for prime time. Thank and it's you. Showing.
2: I just want to say one thing, guys. We, the North, fuck the rest.
1: They said we don't even have a chance, eh? It's one thing to say, you know what? lebron is still the person to beat he's still you know uh the king and that's correct that you know from the start of the year i always thought that but look the fact is he is more vulnerable than he ever has been the raptors when they played that team when they played the Cavs, they were not even close to playing at their best and we played them away from home all we got to do and i know we're going to talk about this later right all we got to do is get one in cleveland and take care of three out of four on our home court. If we can do that, we win the series. But the hate, the disrespect.
0: Well, you can just tell that none of them have really watched the Raptors. They don't watch us. That's the issue. They say the bench is okay. Yeah. What do you mean? The, the bench is easily They're the best electric. bench in the league. The they thing keep, is, they always mention Kyle and Damar. Kyle yeah. and Damar. You can just tell when someone says Kyle and Damar when they mention the Raptors this year specifically, they haven't watched the game yeah. at all. Yes, obviously, they've improved, but they haven't been even remotely the reason why the Raptors are where they are right now.
1: All they talk about is the Damar-improved three-point shot, and that's what makes us legit. And if you're actually watching, what I've liked the most this year is his transition defense is much better and his playmaking is much better.
0: It just exactly, seems like everybody exactly. assumes we're not going to play our bench in the playoffs. Dwayne Casey is pretty explicit about the fact that he's going to roll out a pretty deep bench in the playoffs, just like he is in all regular season.
2: And the thing is, he has options, so he can switch up the lineup to whichever lineup is performing the best. He doesn't have to settle with Demar and Kyle. He can say, you know what, these guys aren't performing. Let me let me put DeLon in. Let me put Fred Van Fleet in. And these guys, you know, from the season that we just had, that we're going through right now, have lived up to the hype. The bench is amazing, and these guys are not going to uh, regress in the playoffs. And consistent. And consistent. Like the depth is just undeniable.
3: I was just listening to the Ringer NBA podcast this morning that said something absolutely insane to me. You know, obviously come playoff time, you kind of, you know, show your bench a bit, you play your best players in the playoffs. They were sort of insinuating that Fred Van Vliet might not play in the playoffs because of trimming the bench, <laughs> which is the most... watch us. Who,
2: who, who are they talking about, Fred Van Vliet okay, so, or Jose so, Calderon? So uh, <laughs> so
3: so on the Bill Simmons podcast, Kevin Durant was on, and he he had this like, really interesting quote. He called these guys blog boys, you know what I mean? People who just follow the statistics and don't actually watch the game. Chris starts statement toward the end is the definition of a fucking blog boy. This guy's exactly. not watching a single fucking Raptors game. No. The, the, the statement that we don't have a deep team is abs- absolutely fucking absurd to me. That. Absurd. It's horrible. These no.
0: guys
2: are not watching the NBA.
0: Also, the fact that Tracy McGrady mentioned there, oh, it's bad if Cleveland comes in fourth. Uh, what? We're gonna have to face Cleveland eventually when we get to the finals this year, well, which is what we're gonna but do. But look,
1: here, here's the thing, though, and this is true. You know, as much as I hate on Stephen A. Smith, you know, he, I am a low key fan. Okay, so I watch, and he was saying today, the pressure is now actually higher on the Raptors because if we make it to the conference finals and lose. And we gave the King a good run. At least we made it to the conference finals, and we gave the King a a good run. If we get knocked out in the second round, it's not going to do much to help
3: this narrative. I just don't
0: think we're facing Cleveland in the second round regardless. I think Boston's losing to a Well, right
3: now, they're... Let's backtrack for a second, okay? So we clinched the first in the Eastern Conference. A question I have to you guys, and it's all hypothetical. How does it impact the organization's legacy moving forward? You know... Obviously, hypothetically speaking, if we were defeated in the first round or second round, flat matter is winning the East another gradual kind of step toward greatness, or should the upper management this off season consider a full roster rebuild? If we lose in the first round, first or second round?
1: Well, those are two different things, right? If we no get way. bumped, if we get bumped, I'm sorry, if we get bumped in the first round, that's a big issue, yeah. and then you have to, you know, uh, make some make some tough decisions there. Um, The second round, again, if you draw Cleveland, it depends how we get bounced. Yeah, the
2: details are critical.
1: Yeah, right? Like, if, if look, if we take LeBron, and I say LeBron because it really is LeBron and Caleb, okay? We take those guys to seven games, and it comes down to a couple different, you know, plays... You know, you're right there, and you could still look at the fact, yo, we won 60. We were never even supposed to win 60 this year, right? So we're ahead of schedule. Our team isn't a finished product. We have a few more years left of building until I think we're going to be at our
3: best. But if we get bounced in the first round, yeah, there'll be problems. Okay, so going... Back to the last week of basketball, um, Christian. We had a couple big losses, specifically the two to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What sort of adjustments do we need make come playoff time? Things you saw on those two losses that we need to adjust to in order to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers come playoff time, if we do play them in the conference finals, let's say.
0: Well, I think we have to look to the first game we played. Like we went one and two against Cleveland this year, and the first game we absolutely smashed them in January. And that game I don't even think we had Kyle Lowry playing that game yeah. as well. And DeMar played and, scored like 6 points or something. All yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. So, I mean, we have to look at that. I think you have to ignore these these late season charges. Uh, look at the standings at the time. Cleveland needed those games more than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anything, they were going to be in 6th place right now if it wasn't for some of those wins because yeah. it's so tight in the East. So, Quite simply put, all we had to do was beat Boston, and we were okay. We clinched first, which is exactly what we did. And again, one of them was off the, the first game of a back to back, but the second game was the Boston game. So I don't expect the Raptors to come out hard. Kyle Lowry was partying with Villanova as well. For one of the games, and you could tell. Like there was just a lot of there was a lot of things that are, uh, I almost just disregard those two games against Cleveland. You have to just simply start clean, start with a fresh slate.
2: Like, did the Raptors need to win those games? Like, not at was, all. was it necessary for them to win those games? And if they lost them, they would have came in second place. I don't think so I, at all.
0: I
1: don't look. I don't know. Dwayne Casey said before those games, before the Cleveland game, that he wanted the win against Cleveland. Like he wanted that as a as some. This was the, the last game he played, not the first time we played them uh, out of these two games. The last game we played against them. To me, when I watched that game, there was a few things that concerned me. The f- first is that Demar was having trouble creating against the Cavs um, and the second is that you know I, I don't think we can beat Cleveland going small I re- I think you play into their hands because then LeBron just bullies us in the lane yeah. Jakob Pertl and Siakam are not imposing enough Ibaka sometimes but LeBron has no problem going right at those guys exactly. when you put JV in in the lane like there's one play in particular I'm thinking of instead of driving it he, he preemptively did a one foot fade away to the side that missed just because he saw the big fella. Also, offensively against Cleveland, he was the only player where it looked like the points were coming easy.
2: Yeah.
1: I really they don't, don't... have a, They don't have an
2: answer for JV. They
1: don't have... And that's the thing. It's not that JV is this like transcendent player. It's just that in terms of the matchup, you know, they don't have an answer. I no, man. Huge Kendrick huge. Perkins might fuck up JV. It's, just, hey, man. man. Kendrick Perkins is, is doing
2: what we're doing, man.
1: <laughs> that might be why they signed him, though, right? They actually have nobody that has the
3: size to to disrupt him. I think Kendrick Perkins is, like, legitimately eight months older than LeBron James. Like, I think of the same draft Kendrick class. Perkins, I think of, like, a 45-year-old man. <laughs> no, he's 33. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's still relatively young. Um So, going into the playoffs, the kind of Eastern Conference, Western Conference are shaping up. There's obviously the Timberwolves and Nuggets to play tomorrow, focusing on... On the Raptors um, playing the Miami Heat tomorrow. Washington Wizards have two games left. They're playing the Celtics tonight and the Magic tomorrow. Uh, Javon, what is the easiest path to victory? Like, are you? Do you think the Heat first-round matchup or the Wizards matchup is the you know easiest easier option? I guess you know moving forward?
2: historically uh, the Heat has always posed a problem for the Raptors. Last season, even this year in the regular season, all the games were tight and uh, you know. The thing with the Heat is they're very cohesive and they play as a team. And that always, uh, you know, poses a threat to any team who you're going against. They
1: play hard and they play together.
2: Exactly. And they have a great coach, Eric Spolstra. And that's
1: why they play hard and play together.
2: Exactly, right? So, you know, that would be the hardest matchup for the Raptors. And we're going to see uh, tomorrow when the Raptors play the Heat how hard the Heat play. Like, that's not going to be a, a walk in the park. Like, if the Raptors aren't playing their 10 best guys, uh, the five starters plus the bench, and they're not firing on all cylinders, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors don't get their 60th win. I
0: don't so, think we're going for the 60th, too. Huh? You don't think so? I don't you don't think, you don't it's, think it's big
2: of
1: a deal. You don't
0: for, think so? For the, players, for the team.
1: No, it is, man. They like, want the 60. Like, uh, why not? You're, it's right there. Take it,
0: it. It. It's right. Exactly. You know, I think the don't players to want this game before the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So why not put that standard? Exactly. Right? Hey, let's see how good we can play. Here's this historic milestone. Right? Like, I, I just know if it, if it was me and I'm coaching or I'm a player, it's like you have this opportunity. Who knows when you'll get this opportunity? Exactly. Let's get 60. Then we're in the record book.
2: This is the icing on the cake right here. They but want the icing. If look I can, at, look if at if this. If I could ask though,
1: graph. Graph. Yeah. You know, he was saying... Jovan was saying the coach here was saying you know I prefer um, the the, the Wizards because it's just the John Wall show and they all hate each other exactly it'll
2: be be easier to stop one guy than it is to stop five guys and the Heat are going to throw five guys who are going to play better than the individual parts I feel
1: like the Heat would beat us up more but and this is a question here wouldn't it be sweeter to beat the Wizards after they swept us, I think that would be a nice challenge, and that would kind of, hey, you know, this would
0: exercise our demons. And I'll,
2: and I'll tell you what, if the Raptors play the, the Wizards first round, the Wizards are getting swept easily. No
0: no question about Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be nice? Easy. I'd rather face the Wizards, but I'm also thinking, like, if Cleveland comes in fourth, yeah. we're trying to avoid them as much as we can for the second round, I think. Like,
2: and me personally, like, I'm me personally as a coach, and Dwayne Casey, like, I, I'm speaking from his perspective. I'm looking at his perspective. He does not give a flying F who he faces in the playoffs. He has the best team in the Eastern Conference, and he doesn't care who he faces. Me, personally, I don't care if I face Cleveland the first round, the second round, or the third round, because my goal is none of these guys. Well, my stats, goal is the finals.
1: Stat man Brandon just brought up this, you know, juicy tidbit. The Wizards are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. For all those people that are saying they're worse with John Wall... They are.
3: <laughs> well, Four-game four slide, uh... So we're talking but about the hold o- on,
0: hold on, because I'm talk- I'm thinking about the second round right now. If the if the Heat win against the Raptors, they will slide past Milwaukee, okay, and they'll go into sixth spot, and that means Milwaukee will face Boston in the first round. The odds of Milwaukee beating Boston in the first round are pretty high compared to Milwaukee, which means we'll face Milwaukee in the second round as opposed to facing Cleveland, even if they face even if they finish fourth. I think that's a big deal for the Raptors. We can almost strategically play this.
3: So my question I have for you, Christian, though, is you're talking about a potential matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We also are talking about the surging Philadelphia 76ers currently on a Mm 14-game win streak. you look at uh, the betting line for what team will make it to the NBA Finals from Eastern Conference, 76ers currently sitting at 7-1 odds. Do you think the 76ers are a more difficult matchup in a seven-game series than the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially with Joel Embiid no. coming back from injury, especially with the surging play of Ben Simmons putting up a, basically a triple double within the month of
0: April. I don't just because the youth again. Yeah. JJ Reddick's pretty much the only player on the team that has playoff experience. Um, you know, you look at their starting lineup with Embiid and Simmons and Covington. It, I mean, yes, they've obviously played really well down the stretch, but Cleveland is still the like I hate to say it and I hate to admit it, but Cleveland is still the team to beat. Like they've LeBron James has been to the. Eastern Conference Finals, or sorry, been to the finals seven. seven times in a row. Like they are the team to beat because he is on them. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, there is no team we want to face in the Eastern Conference Finals more than Cleveland, as opposed to facing them in the second or first round.
1: I also think we we, we can match up against Philadelphia a little easier. Like the way that just the way that 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 Cleveland plays, they can. You know, they get that small ball five with Kevin Love, and we have to kind of adjust to them. I feel like, yeah, we have a a traditional big, we don't have to double-team Joel. That's how the Sixers kill people, right? They get it in the post,
3: they get that double-team, and then they swing it out. Redick ends up with a three, or Simmons drives it in. All right, guys, we'll be back in one second when we're talking general NBA news. Here is Malad Mackey providing us with the music Hey folks we are back uh, so we're talking about just general NBA news so I guess we missed uh, having an opportunity to discuss this Kyrie Irving is out for uh, the playoffs um, obviously another stab at a team that's kind of had a rough go especially the season with the loss of Gordon Hayward in the first game of the season ha uh, has this injury completely dashed any potential championship aspirations for the Celtics? Oh, it's all or done. can they find a no solution to what Kyrie brings to the table? The team is currently, what, 8 and 5, since the loss to Kyrie, but they also lost the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday. Yo, they would be ignorant to have championship <laughs> aspirations
1: after losing Hayward in the first place. Even, like, no team that, you know, f- assembled like that can just bring it together usually and win a championship right but especially after Hayward went down yeah but you know what they actually played better defensively without Irving yeah right so because I guys have to step up maybe winning mm-hmm. in the first round It's a team
0: I wouldn't want to face because they're so you know they're so gritty Brad Stevens has them almost like a Popovich style where they just grind and grind and grind you know you what like i i, I exactly. really hate
1: Brad Stevens cuz he's one of those guys that <laughs> that that
0: won't give you a reason to
1: hate him You know, he says all the right things. Why do you hate him? Because (laughs) I can't find a reason to hate the guy. I hate people like that.
2: (laughs) There's nothing to pick at. Fuck, this guy's too
1: perfect.
3: (laughs) His dreamy eyes. I feel the same way about Mr. Dressup. So moving (laughs) down the line, guys. So with the Eastern Conference, we kind of don't know what's going to happen. We know the Raptors are on top, but we're not quite sure what's going to happen, especially with Miami and Washington. So we can kind of speculate the potential first-round matchups. So we got the 76ers and the Bucks. Graffin, how do you see that series going down?
0: That's going to be a really good series to watch. Uh, I mean, 76ers will have home court. I can see it going seven games for sure. Yeah. Um, Greek freak facing off. I mean, the, the matchups are going to be interesting because they I would don't imagine. Have a I would imagine that. Well, again, like Milwaukee is five strong, and so does so does Philly, but their benches aren't that deep. I find. Yeah. Well, uh, once it guards, gets a little bit. D-
1: gods, oh, gods, who guards yeah. Giannis, the god himself, Ursa and Sova. <laughs>
0: I would say probably Embiid. You think no. so? Well, who else?
1: Hey, I was gonna say Simmons. Why not Simmons?
2: Simmons could, yeah. Simmons the thing could. is with Simmons, you don't want to uh, drain his energy. But again, he's only twenty, so he probably has unlimited.
0: Yeah, amount and of energy. Yeah, he's just a passer too. It's it's exactly. Coving- a, you know what I mean?
1: Covington's too small for Giannis. I think Giannis provides that team. Like they, they really don't have a really good like big wing like Pascal Siakam yeah. type player, right? Uh, that would be a fun series
0: That will be a really fun series It's not going to be exclusive predictions, It's predictions, not, predictions, not predictions.
3: Milwaukee in six Ooh, I would oh, say f-
0: I would say Philly and seven
3: I'm going Philly and five
0: I go Philly and six
3: Ooh, All right So the second matchup We can discuss Gregory We got the Cleveland Cavaliers And the Indiana Pacers Thoughts
1: on that matchup Maybe Indiana gets one In Indiana Because those Pacer fans Are intense It's 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 Cleveland the, all the way. It's
2: basketball basketball country over there in Indiana. Hoosiers,
3: baby. Oh, Let's go. Yeah, um, yeah it, you know, like Victor Oladipo is the type of guy that could, you know, take over a game, but yeah, it, it okay. would be one game. And, right. Yo, so, did you see OG shut him down? Who, Oladipo? <sighs> yeah.
1: How great has it been to see...
2: The ebb and the flow of a rookie, man. The ebb and flow of a rookie. You know, he started off hot. People were surprised at the fact he could hit the three. There, You know, obviously his defense was there, and then he started slumping, and people started knocking on him. Oh, he's not this. He's yeah, not that. old
1: people are like, five points?
2: Exactly. And career high in points, yep. playing great defense, uh, diving for loose balls, getting those
0: gold medal plays. You can't ask for much more. Oh, he's, he's back, baby. He's it's back. unfortunate for the Pacers because they got... Fifth place, but really if they came in <laughs> sixth or seventh, it would have been a little bit easier, I think. To Brandon's
1: question though, what do you what do you got in that series? Any chance for...
0: No, I'm, I think they can stretch it a little bit. Like, maybe six games, Cleveland. I'm, I'm
3: saying six, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland and six. I, think yeah. I, can Denver can, I mean, sorry, I think Indiana can take two games.
0: Yeah, I think they can take their home, you know? Like, again, like they're they're a young team as well. Like They just got put together this year with all the depots sort of leading the charge. I don't know. I could see them taking a couple games because Cleveland has been kind of shaky as well.
3: All right, you guys, moving to the Western Conference. Very pivotal matchup tomorrow at 8 p.m. The Denver Nuggets are going to be playing in Minnesota oh, to solidify the eighth spot in the Western Conference. conference so we kind of so have ridiculous. an idea of the shakeup of the shape of the Western Conference. So let's speculate. Let's talk about potential matchups. Javon, who do you think is gonna win tomorrow? Timberwolves or Nuggets? And do you Nug- think any of those teams have a shot against the Rockets in a seven game series?
2: I think the Nuggets will win. And I think Ooh. Yeah
3: my man. Yeah, in, <laughs> wait, you know that's in Minnesota.
2: But, yeah yeah like the the Timberwolves and been playing. I don't like uh, the Timberwolves game. It's 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 his But But Tolkien's not taking anybody out. Exactly. He's playing five guys and yeah. all of them are playing forty eight minutes. Okay. So, <laughs> Like I, I hate that Like play your bench Like develop your players Have like a complete team uh, Move the ball Stop playing this ISO ball That doesn't work It hasn't proven to work You're gonna rely on it You're gonna get beat by it So he's gonna play These guys ISO And, and you know I, I'm looking at guys Like Jamal Murray uh, Who is it Harris Will
3: Barton baby Will, Will Barton, Barton. Jokic, Harris
2: Joe. Jokic Chandler. Like, these guys play as a unit. Like, I know, like, they have their ISO moments, but, like, they're more inducive to moving the ball. Well, similar to the Toronto Raptors, like, it's a very
3: deep team. You know, they have so many different looks off the bench, especially. And
2: this is game 82. We're not talking about game one. These guys don't have fresh legs besides maybe... uh, What's his name? Uh, Butler. Butler, exactly.
1: But he's, he's, yo, I I guarantee you, Thibodeau was in the back room giving him the cortisol shot.
2: Right? <laughs> him and Derrick Rose, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah no, oh, that's a good point. We talked
3: about this last week, but Thibodeau's like again, John Voight. And <laughs> yeah, John Voight. Remember the Titans? No, Varsity Blues. Yeah, varsity, blue, varsity Blues. Varsity Blues.
2: <laughs> so definitely, I got the Nuggets winning Get this out one. There! Um, funny. and if they go against, and when they go against uh, Houston the first round, I think uh, obviously Houston will win, but probably go to six games. I don't have faith in Houston sweeping every series in the West. The West is way too
3: strong, way too deep. I also think Denver's going to win I think the
0: Timberwolves are winning it.
3: I'm going Denver. No, I'm not. I'm fucking with you. I'm going to go with Houston in five, <laughs> regardless of the matchup. No, but tomorrow I think Houston sweeps.
0: I think Houston sweeps Timberwolves. No,
3: oh, who do yeah, you think? Yeah, no, game? I agree with that, but I don't think hey, Houston sweeps. Hey, you, you
2: know the one thing I can I say agree. about the playoffs when these top seeds face the younger seeds, this is when the young players like shine. This is when they they step up to the plate and you actually see what they got. And you're going to see guys like Jamal
0: Murray and the young guys, Jokic, Jokic, whatever. They just don't you, have to an answer it, for Carl, that- for Towns. For, oh, like Towns got what? Well, I think the last time they played, which wasn't long ago, he was like 26 and. And the twelve or something like that. he dominates every single time. Yeah, he yeah, played. yeah. Uh, Jokic is not that great defensively, and the fact that it, like, they won last time but Butler wasn't playing. Yeah, it was a close game still. Cool. That Butler game was is a, crazy. Yeah, man. Butler is a huge player. He's going to be able to be on Jamal Murray the whole but time. But I don't, I don't, don't think spot. he
2: he adds so much and doesn't take away so much by not being there. I feel like when he comes in, he takes away from other players and he only adds like a little bit. So Butler's I don't think.
0: Their best player,
2: he is. Sure. But does he add to? Does he make the team better? Does he make the team better the way like a Chris Paul or a James Harden would make Houston better? I, think I don't so, think so. Because they
0: were third place before he got injured, weren't they? Or fourth place, and then they've slid all the way down to eighth now. Like, Butler is a pretty big difference maker in, on a team. Like he's the But I wouldn't
2: follower, give all right? that credit to the fact that uh, uh, that uh, Minnesota was playing bad. I would give that credit to the fact that the West is so strong and all the teams in the Western Conference are – like, it was so close even before he got injured. Like, I think there was only like five games separating eight and three. And And, and,
1: and Wiggins, right? Like – just didn't step up
2: yeah I think he had like one game where he had a few posters and then like he just went back Yo, to the shadows he just,
1: I've been watching a couple Timberwolves games lately he just doesn't play with with hunger. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like
3: yeah. I I saw him uh, the last possessions in, in the Denver game, and all of a sudden he's moving his feet. I kind of mentioned it, Javon out there. He's a high, inefficient high volume shooter, and that's basically all he is right now. Yeah, the yeah. The Raptors yeah. struggle after him in the off season, man.
0: He's, his personality is the exact opposite of Kobe. Would yeah, you trade exactly. he's not the Mamba. and uh,
1: OG for Andrew Wiggins? No, no.
0: His contract is huge. Honestly, I think that contract's pretty bad. Which contract? Uh, for Wiggins.
1: Would you trade JV and OG for Wiggins?
2: JV and OG for wings? No, what the hell? Like (laughs) right now, listen, I would. I never ever gave up on JV, and the man is the man is playing like a champion right now. Yeah, like he's like what seven footers diving on the floor. Yep. like who does that?
3: Yo, aren't he, he does, does that. Nobody else. Pearl. Percentage on the team. Javon and Greg got that beautiful, pristine beach view on Jonas Island. Right, you know, <laughs> and, and,
2: and Greg, we all got um, that sexy beard going. Yeah, we got the beards going. Got dude. that JV beard.
3: Well, I'm half Asian and I can't grow a beard, so fuck you guys. It's probably right, why you did. it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so, Greg, Golden State Warriors, OKC Thunder. You're OKC Thunder. They're gonna beat them. If they,
1: I, I said this before. If Curry is injured. In that first round series, Russell Westbrook is going to feast on John Livingston.
0: I heard. Graph
1: and reason with this man for me, please.
0: Yeah, no, there's no chance. <laughs> I don't. Without think Steph
1: win. Curry, there's a, no chance. I just. The OKC sucks, is so
0: inconsistent. They can't win a series against Golden State. Sure they can. No, they can't. Did Put it like this. you see them
1: play the other night against Houston when they were locked in?
0: Yeah, but inconsistent. They can lose a game. They could win a game. Like You never know what you're going to yeah, get the with
1: The thing that. about the playoffs is, right, it's no longer about the consistency. It's just about, can you bring it on that night? And <laughs> if you could bring it for four nights out of seven, you win. And Russell, um, with uh, look, with Russell Westbrook being able to take plays off and, and hover on defense and not have to guard out on the perimeter... Right? Because remember Steph Curry's not playing. I'm saying with Steph Curry out, I think the I think the Thunder are a real threat to the Warriors.
0: Like the Warriors have fifty eight wins and just like one win less than the Raptors and just think of all the injuries they've had this year. Like that is a well put together team. They have players ready to fill into that unit right away and they're a team. That's the difference. If Carmelo or Paul George doesn't shoot well, then Russell Westbrook can get a triple double all he wants. Golden State will win that game. I Speaking of triple
3: doubles, I, I just find this fucking absolutely hilarious. So the OKC Thunder have one game left. Russell Westbrook yeah. needs 60 16. more rebounds <laughs> he got to average a triple double this season. That guy is going to be a fucking psychopath on the boards.
0: <laughs> well, it's because they just. I mean, I hate to. to say it like his last year basically the whole entire season they were letting him grab a lot of boards as well but they just le- they're letting him grab the boards if yeah. he gets the triple the average the triple double this year it doesn't mean anything compared yeah. to last well, year well no
1: like if well, i i know what you mean sometimes what are you going to give him the mvp again them, then when two of them are going up for it right like and but you can't let him have the rebounds because or else the other team will get them. He goes and gets them. Well, yeah. like, he goes at, and gets the rebounds.
0: Look at free throws, though. Like, he's the first one in there. He's sitting... Like, there's no other guards He's, he's, that he's do definitely cherry-picking. Exactly. The, the other players, Steven Adams specifically, knows... This is why Russell loves Put Steven it like Adams. this. He knows not to grab the board of Russell's near him. Like Ten years from now, nobody's going to be like, oh, well, Russell Westbrook cherry-picked to get exactly. uh, two Hold straight on. seasons for, for of triple-doubles. percent of the
1: rebounds, then... There's cherry picking but the other 95 percent are legit
0: I'd probably say like 15 percent is cherry picking <laughs> it upsets me when someone does it in a game like when when players yeah, like yeah. let like put up a, a brick on purpose to get the rebound and then get the shot or something but I guess child. the fact that he's doing it to average a triple level over the season like let let the man feast get let him get his rebounds let I him want get to his see triple Kevin double.
3: Durant cry. Then yeah, the man's incapable of listen, crying or j- Just to go report. into my
2: prediction for uh, OKC versus Golden State, I don't think Golden State's bench is deep enough. Like, besides Sean Livingston, Dave, and Fuck, and Andre I've
3: had Evidalla. enough of this bullshit. Your like, lack of respect speak. for Nick Young is alarming, okay? Listen, Swaggy P is going to average 34 points per game on the series, 100%. Listen, that guy's going to go off. He, <laughs> he can, check every night.
2: <laughs> he checked to the bench. That's what's going to happen. He checked to the shower.
3: <laughs> the vein on Brandon's sorry, forehead. Sorry. My goodness. So, <laughs> what were you saying, buddy, before I. Uh, Viciously assaulted the conversation with <laughs> Any the
2: any game comment. that's decided by five or less uh, Golden State will win Anything more than that, OKC wins uh, uh. So any tight games, Golden State will win Just because they have Kevin Durant um, They got sharpshooter uh, Clay Thompson But anything more than that um, I don't think the Golden State can has the ability to uh, match up against OKC Just because they have so much weapons offensively
0: what, When is Curry back? You know? Second round
1: for the first round. So if
0: they if they beat OKC in theory, if they beat OKC, then I think they're winning it all.
1: They could still bring Curry back probably before that. To be honest, he's I really. I think cute. it's a precautionary yeah. thing. So, so if they go
0: down three one in the series. He's coming back.
1: Possibly, I think so.
0: I think so. Right. Definitely, I would do it.
1: Good to see. I'm waiting for know.
3: Kawhi to come back. All right, guys, moving <laughs> down the come list. Back when it's so run. we're gonna. We're, so another uh, another potential matchup. I guess I'll throw it to you, Christian. Um, so the it's gonna be the. Uh, San Antonio Spurs hey, Speaking of the Spurs Playing the Portland Blazers, Who are on a four game losing streak They kind of solidify that third spot uh, Right now they're currently a half a game behind the Utah Jazz What are your thoughts on matchup And what is your prediction of Yoko?
0: Boy, this is a tough one cuz Portland's really good at home and like I, again, in, but I mean they have home court advantage, right? So I can see this going 7 games and Portland. I don't know, it's honestly a coin flip for me this series. I, I want to say Popovich will win, um but their team is less talented. Yeah. Like they're they're better coached but less talented. That's uh, pretty obvious. I honestly, I think LaMarcus Aldridge going against his old team um they might be a little bit extra motivated. I can see them winning in 7, I guess. I, I'll take the Spurs, I suppose. Yeah,
1: that's a storyline, isn't it?
0: Can like you imagine
1: if Aldridge just stayed in Portland. How good they would be. How great they would be. They'd be yeah. wow. Sorry, I cut you off, Joe.
2: No, we're good. Uh I mean, if the Spurs hit their shots, they're winning, plain and simple. But for them to hit their shots, you need skill and you need guys who can you know are above average
0: players I think it's the opposite I think if Portland hits their shots cuz the Spurs are a defensive team if they get give up more than 100 points or 105 points I yeah. think the Spurs will lose the game
1: but the San Antonio offense will create a certain amount of like good looks Exactly and like if they just can hit Uh, Those good looks, right? Where I feel like with Portland, you're right. They have these amazing offensive players. Those guys are creating their own offense.
2: Exactly, exactly. Right,
1: but like with the Spurs, it's like you could you could be the coach and you could put in the best system, but players gotta hit the shots.
2: Exactly, and if they're not, if the if the players are hitting the shots with the good system that they're running, I think that uh, San Antonio has a better chance of winning just because of the sets are so good, and you know. They don't settle for transition threes where guys are not ready to grab rebounds and that the other team goes in transition. Like all their sets are, are ran to the point where guys can get back in defense and guard the basket. And if they're able to hit their shots in that system, then there's no way that Portland's going to be able to you know get the shots that they would normally get against a, you know a lesser competitive team. So
0: you have the Spurs in what six, seven? Um,
2: Spurs in seven. Spurs and 7 Sheesh. I got Spurs in 7 It is a coin
3: Clay Davis um, I'm gonna go, and, I'm gonna go with Portland Trail Blazers in 5 I just don't have much faith Like you guys mentioned I, I I don't see Spurs Really consistently Being able to put the ball In the basket I think the Blazers Will just shoot him out Every single night I, I think, think the, the Spurs Winning at home Spurs the can take one game But uh, Fuck I, I gotta go with the Blazers on this one Greg Kawhi's coming out
1: oh. of injury, <laughs> and they're taking the series in five. It's been a lie all season long. It's, he's, he's coming, I'm telling you. Hey, if he doesn't play, if Kawhi doesn't play in the playoffs, and he's been cleared by Spurs doctors, I don't care, you know, what your doctors say and that you're still banged up. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Is that
2: is that a lawsuit waiting to happen?
1: Well, like, to me, if I'm if, if I'm a Spurs fan or, or if I'm the owner, like, for generations, players have been playing... A little bit injured and I know he doesn't want to be Isaiah Thomas right I know he doesn't want to ruin his big payday coming up but dude like you're getting paid millions uh if you're cleared by the doctors on the Spurs you have an obligation to play like if I'm the owner I'd say okay don't worry about the regular season you better be ready for the playoffs
0: yeah and there's reports already that all the other GMs are asking already about Kawhi. Wow! Uh, wow. So I think Zach Lowe tweeted it out. Waj tweeted it out. But he's would if, you if take he doesn't JV play
1: an OG <laughs> and a pick for
3: Kawhi, not
0: taking of that, course, they're not taking of course I would. Um,
3: yeah, the only package that makes sense would be the Lakers, and maybe like an Ingram Ball draft pick combination. But still, what that's still the Celtics. 60 cents on Celtics. The the, apparently,
0: the Celtics want him. Or the Suns. Sons. Well, they have the number one pick this year now. They clinched it. Well, well the Aww. Celtics have
3: the number one irrational confidence guy in the NBA. His name is Terry Rozier. So, I, I, I do love Terry. I, I just love a fucking point guard. It comes off the bench. It's like, I'm just going to jack 25 shots per game. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, last matchup. Uh, I'll throw it to Greg because I know you're a big Pelicans fan. Let's go. Jazz Pelicans. What are your predictions of this matchup? Look, the fact that the Pels have even got this far is a testament.
1: Like... Uh, their coach kept his job. Is keep right like he, uh, Alvin Gentry has solidified a job for next year just by keeping this team afloat. I'm so upset that we couldn't see Boogie, right? Like yeah, yeah. you know, I've said it before. That guy went down on like when they were beating Houston, playing a small ball team, punishing a small ball team. He gets injured going for a loose ball that he didn't even need to go for. Just give Fuck, him the hustle. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, But I I don't see them taking around. In the fr- they're just outside of Anthony Davis, they just don't can have you, enough. Besides, not Kipas, besides not Rondo
3: and Davis and Cousins, can you name four players on that roster? Just out of curiosity, besides you, Holiday, as well. Yeah, right? yeah. Holiday.
2: That, that was Miracic, the last guy I was going for.
3: Holiday, besides Holiday, uh, what's his name? Let me
2: pull up the Google.
3: <laughs> no, uh, Res- disrespect again. My man, it's one more, Solomon Hill. I, I got the Jazz in this one, man. I got the Jazz Yeah, Jazz are going to win, man. I, just they have so much depth. And again, like we're talking about teams like the Toronto Raptors, and you're also talking about the Denver Nuggets. It's just the ability to put out so many different looks. Exactly. You know, they have such a deep bench. Being Bronco's able to match really up. really coming into form. Gobert has played some absolutely incredible basketball. He'll and and Donovan, Donovan, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell has been a revelation this year. Is he year. Rookie of the Year? The thing, well, the thing with me with Rookie of the Year, and we'll talk about this a little bit after, I'll add that last little snippet. Ben Simmons is a consensus rookie of the year in my eyes, but we got to factor in the guy had a full year of NBA professional experience prior to the start of the season. The guy yep. was traveling with the team. He's a he was part two, exactly, exactly. He was kind of mentally in tune with the physical rigors involved with playing professional basketball. Don Mitchell just came out of college and started shooting the lights out. Ben Simmons is the Rookie of the Year, but I think Donovan Mitchell has is having an absolutely yeah. incredible. It's a better
1: story. It, you're you're really right. You know the Donovan Mitchell because he came out of nowhere and he and he plugged in that hole that that Hayward used to fill. I think it's a much better story. But I agree with you. The uh, Gobert specifically will shut down Davis. I think he'll bother Davis enough that they won't be able to get enough points on the board.
2: Uh yeah no I got the Jazz in six.
0: Yeah same I got the Jazz in six
3: five. Alrighty guys, so uh, we'll be back in a second we're going to talk about some NBA awards. Uh, this next band up uh, is called The High Loves, they're a really cool Toronto based band. Um, I actually had the opportunity to interview them today, so here is one of their tracks.
0: subtle
3: proposition I want to be yours for the night all right folks we are back uh, to the third quarter uh, let's discuss some of the NBA awards so we won't go over everything next week we'll have a discussion about the all nba team the MVP coach in the year and the most improved player of the year let's do the uh, the, the less exciting awards okay so for start off a big surprise it's not a, an award it's just a uh, I guess I'll recognize one guy. Personally, my biggest surprise this season was obviously Victor Oladipo. You know, going to 23 points per game this year, previously last year 16 points per game, 4.3 assists per game last year, 2.5, 5.2 rebounds, 4.3 rebounds last season. Just an improvement across the board. Essentially playing the same number of minutes. He kind of proved that he was a man. Third overall pick. Wasn't really, you know, put in a fucked up situation. The Magic, where they really wanted to develop Alfred Payton over him. He went over to the Oklahoma City Thunder kind of became like a cadaver on the perimeter with Russell Westbrook out there. So Victor Ledeepo is my lock, his biggest surprise this season. Christian, who is your uh, big surprise this year?
0: Um, I wouldn't give it to a, I guess a player. I guess I would say just the fact that Philly got fifty wins mm-hmm. is my biggest surprise. I mean, I was the one. Yeah. I mean, all of you guys, all like I know that we're a little bit less of the like you know on them compared to me. I was pretty high on Philly, but oh, I didn't yeah. expect. Fifty. I expected forty-two at best. Forty-two yeah. and forty-two going five hundred. I, I think that was or sorry, forty-one, line forty-one. Forty-two was. Yeah. Prediction. So yeah. I mean, that that's what I was anticipating. If anything, from
3: twenty-eight to fifty is pretty
0: fucking. Big. And then just on top of that, I guess the fact that hey Embiid's been fairly healthy yep. for the most part. Like that 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 facial fracture was not really his fault, and he is a force when he plays. He is a difference maker. So the fact that he's been, you know, after getting the contract. Pretty healthy this mm-hmm. year. I think that's the biggest surprise so with for
3: me. the 76ers being a surprise, it's like the biggest surprise in the NBA this season. Do you think Brett Brown is close to Dwayne Casey when it comes to the Sturgeon Coach of the Year? We'll no. get to it next week, but no?
0: No. Again, I just think Dwayne Casey's run away with it. Yeah. He's done yeah. such a good job. I mean, I guess to my point earlier, if anything, the 60 wins kind of mean something because that would be on. Casey's resume for coach of the year. And what were the predictions for the Raptors this year? Sixth
2: place, seventh place? Yeah, behind Milwaukee. Behind Milwaukee. Like all the teams that the Raptors have been beating all year. Yeah. We're all projected to do better and you know, they're first disrespect.
0: Movies. Yeah, spoiler alert for next week, but I have Casey as Coach of the Year. <laughs> uh, Greg, who
3: do you got as your, your biggest surprise, or what is the biggest surprise this
1: season for you? To me, and I mean, to to Graffit's point, I was one of those people saying, no, I got to see it. Personally, i never actually seen Ben Simmons play. I knew Embiid could do what he's been doing, but Ben Simmons, my God. Um, so to me, Philadelphia, but also I would say Indiana. Indiana, to me, has, has come out of as nowhere. As a team? I thought they were I thought Indiana was lottery bound. Right? You're also right. Yep. Also um, the Jazz. The
3: to to me the Jazz have been a really good story. Well, I think it's a testament to Quin Snyder as well. That guy yeah, is he's a in great consideration coach. for coach of the year as well. Um, yeah, no, he's uh he's we we could talk ad nauseum about the Jazz, um, but yeah, no, the, we can. They're not that excited. <sighs> <laughs> Who wants to talk ad nauseum? <laughs> well, they are from the Mormon stage Yeah, about the Mormons. <laughs> What's your biggest surprise this year,
2: well, for me, personally, I don't think it was that much of a surprise, but I feel like for everybody else watching our our hometown team, I think it's the Raptors' bench. Bench. Um, yep. no, nobody gave them any credit. Nobody gave them any hope. The Raptors got rid of uh, Patrick Patterson last year. Corey oh, Joseph. who's going to shoot the three? Got rid of Corey Joseph. Oh, who's going to bring the ball up the floor? They got rid of uh, uh, P.J. Tucker left, uh, Damare Carroll left. The entire Raptors' bench. They went from the 1A, and now we're going to use 1B. So Fred Van Fleet, DeLon Wright, Pascal Siakam, Jakob Perto. People keep forgetting that this same group won the G League last year. This same group knows how to win championships. Not at the NBA level, but at the level right below. And these guys stepped right in, filled the void, and in many games, played way better than the starters. Javon, round
3: this back a bit, though. What were your expectations out of the bench when the season commenced? Did you really think that we had... Like, like they, even a small sort of no, this is a surprise.
1: It's a big surprise. No, come on, I, we thought like, that they were. We thought that they. We, I'm not
2: they gonna know. lie. I'm not gonna lie. Delon Wright used to be my 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 least favorite Raptors draft pick, and he has grown on me. I love that guy. He. He is going to be the X-factor in the playoffs. When when uh, Kyle Lowry is playing like shit, when DeMar, DeMar DeRozan is playing like shit, when Fred VanVleet can't finish his layups, DeLon Wright is going to be the guy who steps in and drops 15 points and 10 assists. Mark my words. I'm well, calling it now. He's,
1: no, he's a huge part of huge. Bench, right? uh, And he's the
2: future of the Raptors.
1: I, I, I actually think he's great because not only can he get you the defensive stops, but he can create his own shot. Right, and that's really important in the in the playoffs because sometimes you know the ball movement didn't get you the shot you want, and now it's five. And it's four, and yep. oh, I better put it on the floor. Three, and it's two. You know his little spin, and he's so long, right? Yeah,
2: his euro uncoils. step is
1: like,
3: yeah, his euro step, and he uncoils. Un- oh, I love him, that term. Right?
2: Unco- he uncoils. Yeah, <laughs> so we're the talking
3: uh, the, the biggest surprise this season. Let's go uh, to the other side and talk about the biggest disappointment. So I'll start it off personally. It's John Wall. I was not hugging him quite a bit last year. I thought John Wall would turn the corner this year, especially have a very impressive performance last season. Looking at the numbers, 19 points per game this year, drop off of four from the previous year, um, but. Assists below last year's number, and he's shooting like forty percent less than the season before as well. your know, John Wall, I thought was going to be like a perennial All-Star MVP type of player this season. Obviously, the team, the team is, is, has even been better off without him on the court as well.
2: He was an MVP with his fashion, though.
3: AAU baby, <laughs> AAU baby, that <laughs> describes him the most. Graph, what do you got, buddy?
0: Uh, it's tough. I mean. I really was—I mean, I wouldn't say excited to see Gordon Hayward play, but um, to see the Boston that that whole team sort of be put together. But I mean, now we have to wait till next year, and it's kind of scary for the Raptors because who knows how good they're going to be? Just yeah. But I mean, it is that—that's—that's that's sort of disappointing in general. Same with Boogie, I guess. Injuries in general, just the fact that these season-long. Uh, injuries can ruin a team, ruin all their chances. Like, Boston is a solid team. If they had Hayward, they would have been arguably number one. Um, if Boogie was there, they could have arguably, arguably been number three yep. in the West. So, I guess, and then again, Kawhi. So, Kawhi's mm. been the biggest question mark more so than disappointment, if I have to say anything. But again, if I have to sort of put a broad spectrum on it, it would be sort of these season-ending injuries, especially the teams that are in the hunt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and we also can't forget about... Uh Look, I was one of these people that saw that Thunder team, and I saw Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and I I envisioned them. I envisioned those boys running, right? Because when you got two athletes like that running in transition, like, there's nothing you could do about it, right? Uh, And they haven't really got a consistent third option. You know, is this the year that we say that Melo fell off? I saw him the other night, he looked good. Hopefully he can get it going for the playoffs, because I actually want to see some success out of that guy. I'm um, Talking about another surprise this year has been the play of Steven Adams, though. Steven Adams is a legit player,
0: man. He's but one he, of my favorite players in he's the He's consistently
2: got better, though. Like yeah. The longer his beard's got, his play has matched it.
0: <laughs> he's, got, he's gotten jacked as well. Oh, yeah, years. for sure. Javon, he's who do you got, man?
3: What's your big disappointment this year?
2: My biggest disappointment is definitely the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, yeah, man. all the trades that they went through. Like I, I thought coming into this year... It wasn't going to be as dramatic as it was. You know, they had Isaiah. They knew when he was coming back. They had, like, relative same cast of mm-hmm. players from previous years. And, uh, well, you know. Well, we
3: should have known this, though. That's the I wasn't thing.
0: surprised that yeah, much, like, right?
3: The thing is, so, like, like, another team that kind of.
0: But they got LeBron. The,
3: so the Chicago Bulls a couple years ago, and they brought in Dwayne Wade, and he also had Jimmy Rojan Rondo. You know, and they had Jimmy Butler. They had these three sort of ball dominant non shooters, and yeah. you could kind of see what was eventually going to happen. same sort of situation with the Cleveland Cavaliers, but we had this like sort of optimistic outlook because of King James himself. Mm-hmm. But that's a great point. You know, a very fuck four, fourth in the Eastern Conference.
2: Yeah, I mean. You know, everybody's expecting first, second, you know, Boston first, Cleveland second, and then the injuries happen, and then the trades, and then the coach goes down. Is Tyrone Lue even back yet? Yeah,
0: he's back.
2: He's back now? So, I mean, they've had a rough season, and... Uh, 50 wins, Tyrone still.
0: doesn't coach. Still got 50 wins.
2: They did get 50 wins. and pretty impressive. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if it's a surprise, the fact that they were able to get to 50 wins with all the adversity they've had to gone through, or they not went through. the best through. player in the world. They do, they do. So, I don't know. Cleveland's my pick for, uh, not disappointment, but... I guess I don't know Don't tell <laughs> no, me don't my... no,
1: they're, 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 Especially with Isaiah Thomas Talk yeah. about disappointments I feel for that He's guy. the
0: disappointment Yeah, yeah No but yeah.
1: that's not even Like this guy played Through a, a serious injury Last year And the Boston doctors Cleared him to play Wow Right And then the whole staff yeah. Got fired Whatever that he sucked this The whole medical year. staff Got fired after Right And now this is, And look I mean he made the decision To play But you know I, I was kind of excited For him To get uh, To get on The, uh, the, the Cavs And get a shot At uh, his old team, right? Seeing to what they would look glory. like. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, him throwing up lobs to LeBron. And, and then now, look, if imagine LeBron goes to L.A. <laughs> and they have to let go of Thomas. That guy is just in LeBron's wake.
0: Yeah, I don't know about the, and the even Thomas getting the surgery. Like, to me, it's kind of a little skeptical. I'm skeptical about it because, sure, he might need this surgery. But I have a feeling that... If he gets surgery, it makes it look like to any teams because he's an upcoming free agent that, hey, maybe Thomas didn't have everything last year. Maybe he wasn't playing at 100 percent. So maybe it's worth putting a gamble on him. So, I mean, I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he needed the surgery, but like maybe he didn't really need it as badly as he did.
1: Why did did he want to play out a season in... in
0: In Los Angeles No no point If anything It kind of makes him More enticing as a free agent Than it would be If he didn't have a surgery So that's I'm kind of skeptical About that too But with IT It
2: just makes me look at What kind of a job Brad Stevens did with him you know, he, he he knew he knew what kind of player he had, and, and, Brad Stevens. and he <laughs> <laughs> he catered the team around uh, Isaiah Thomas. This is what you have to do with a player like that, a player who's going to be ball dominant, who's going to jack twenty shots a game. Like you can't have that guy on the side just jacking twenty shots outside of the offense. It's going to f everything up. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of cater the offense around him, so you know guys can be successful while catering to his twenty shots. And obviously Brad Stevens did that. Mm-hmm. Tyron knew obviously can't do that, you got a so guy like LeBron Ty- James.
1: Tyron, you know he doesn't give pre-game speeches
2: he says LeBron it's on <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs>
1: like he just doesn't but I actually think, think there's a brilliance to it oh for sure like he's from like a small town in um, what is it like uh, Mississippi I think it is and it's and they had like a parade for him after he won the ring like he's a big deal there. and when you you know he's like one of those and this is the opposite of me one of those people that s- talk slowly but they're very intelligent and what they say is very deep
2: they don't what say I, a lot but what they say oh yeah
3: from he's actually from <laughs> from a town called Mexico, Missouri. Which there is you go, yeah. Me, but, Mexico, uh... Missouri. Right, so getting past the, uh, the 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 blog boy, uh, I guess uh, awards. That's uh, we'll just good call research, it. man. Um, let's get to the executive of the year. For me, it's a lock. It's Daryl Morey. Uh, it's not only bringing a guy like Chris Paul, but it's also just. Every other selection, every person he signed was such a home run hit. You know, Luke Mabuamute, as well as PJ Tucker, like these kind of gluey guys, multi positional defenders, sort of can work around the current existing roster, of the town, if you will. Um, so even getting a guy like Gerald Green mid season sort of facilitating the offense when James Harden was out, he's a lock for me. Daryl Morey's my guy. I am, I'm assuming Graffany have a different guy in mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, Masai. For, Masai. for me, it's Masai. Yeah. I mean, uh, culture change? I mean I mean look you add a superstar like Chris Paul I'm sure like yeah it was a great trade but he was going to be a free agent like it was going to happen almost anyways right So, so you disagree you so don't think the I don't Rockets think Daryl Morey got- did I mean yeah he got PJ Tucker and they got Chris Paul which is great but it seems like they're going to come there anyways No but the league
1: narrative I I I agree with you but the league narrative is old oh, the, the Rockets have played the analytics game so smart Right? They're shooting all these threes, but none of that works if you don't have two guys that defy any type of analytics. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like ISO ball, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's a, I mean, if there's a surprise to me is the fact that it's worked. The fact that Harden and Chris Paul... Uh, actually coexist, and when they're on the court together, they play so. Uh, but the their, fact iso they're ball is their iso balls is different, though. Yeah, they're
2: iso balls again. There are a lot of
0: pick and roll. It's,
2: it's not. It's not iso. So it's just me and then four guys spacing the floor. Exactly. It's the, it's the high pick and roll, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. It's, it's the paint touch kick out. Yeah. So they're still getting in the paint, facilitating, and guys are getting their shots.
3: I think so the so. issue is kind of staggering the minutes. You know how it could could they even play together? Exactly. But, you know, I think Maury's a, a heavy analytics guy, and I think the numbers dictated what. I think it also speaks to, to. I think he uh, saw something within the numbers. I'm. I'm I'm not an analyst guy, but I, I just, I feel like, oh, God, I feel like Daryl Morey just did a fantastic job. The best fucking team in the West. They took out the Golden State Warriors this year. Yeah. Yeah. What did, did? Did anyone even think no, for a second but that if Houston the Warriors had a shot? were injured? Right. like yeah, do think, you think they would have? Yeah, but think about the all these like super teams coming in the season. you talk about OKC yeah. getting Paul George, or also getting Carmelo Anthony. You're talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves bringing a guy like Jimmy Butler, and you're also talking about the Houston Rockets bringing in you know Chris Paul. And it it's was served, all the same right. sort of playing field. But the Houston Rockets have just pushed past everyone else.
1: You know, what They have it. You're right because they actually implemented them in a system, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. More so. yeah. Exactly. Than
2: and that speaks a lot about D'Antoni. Sorry to cut you off. No,
1: uh, no, and that's exactly it. And it does. Uh, D'Antoni's another one of those coaches that doesn't, doesn't really coach. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> not it's also <laughs> him to story though, man.
2: He doesn't coach defense. He doesn't coach defense. You know,
3: the players like him. It's yeah, cutting out exactly. McHale and coach. bringing in a guy like Mike D'Antoni, who who before, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a gamble. You know, like, Mike D'Antoni's a good offensive coach, but in the, at that time when McHale... You yeah, like, <laughs> you're right. Like,
2: he has, he has a philosophy... And if you're able to fill in the parts of that philosophy, so grabbing guys who could shoot a lot of threes, who could run the floor hard, uh, and then Clint Capella is probably his version of Amari Stoudemire back in the day, yeah. Like yeah. not not with the shot, but just with like the the aggressive dunks and all that stuff. That's good. He's a
0: pioneer, right? Like he, he's, he's so he kept with like his philosophy, and when
2: he tried it in New York, didn't work. When he tried it in LA, didn't work. Why? Because the they didn't players. have the right parts, yeah. right? He has the right parts now, mm-hmm. and he's able to put those guys in the best position to
0: succeed. Best record in the NBA. No. And what, uh, just, go sorry, ahead. just to, I guess I was going to move on. Sorry, Dave, if you want to go say ahead. Something about, I don't know the name of the Jazz's GM, Qu- the, oh. the, uh, the Utah Jazz's GM, but the fact that if you're the Utah Jazz and you know that you're losing Gordon Hayward, like he's he's gone in free agency, it's
3: uh, Dennis Lindsay.
0: Dennis Lindsay, and you ended up getting the steal of the draft. I don't think there's any debate about that at all. So if you look at this whole offseason in general, he had the best draft pick, and the team is now surging, and they're going to make the playoffs. Wow. That's Not right. only make the playoffs. Exactly. They're, they're going really, really well. So again, if, if there's an the ex- executive of the year type award, isn't that sort of the blueprint of it as well? Yeah. Drafting really, really well and having your team actually perform well?
1: What about Danny Ainge? I think what he, it's I hurt. think what he's done in terms of getting the rookie that year. you want and
3: having yeah, him play yeah, ball. Yeah, but Graffin just said not this, not year. this if year. If we're talking about like who's been the best GM over three, four years, I think Ainge should be in consideration for that, especially accumulating assets, especially where the team was after the sort of Garnett, Pierce, Allen era. But this season, you know, you, you can't give it to Ainge. All right, guys, we went down the list. Let's give, give it to the, Sam Hinkie. Yo, Hinke. don't underestimate the Boston bias that exists in the NBA, man.
2: Oh yeah, we'll say that for your franchise. right. All right,
3: moving down the list, NBA Defensive Player of the Year for me—it's a locker for you to go bear. Currently holding opposition at fifty-two point two percent from six feet away. And since he was turned from his PCL injury, the team has produced a second-best defensive net rating in 98.1. He's a lock for me. He's transformed an organization. You can see what he can do on a nightly basis when he's on the court and when he's off the court and how it hinders a team's performance.
0: Yeah, for That's me, it's, I agree with you fully. It's either him or, or Anthony Davis for me just because they're so long. And if you watch the Jazz, Gobert literally stops other teams from... Going into the paint, he forces teams to shoot the ball. They don't want to go near him. He'll usually start a game off with two or three blocks, and then they just stop driving if he's on so, the floor.
3: So is Rudy Gobert's performance this year, like this guy's the anchor for the organization. Mitchell puts a ball in the basket, but the team runs through Gobert night in and night out. Joe
0: Ingles is the heart.
3: It's the heart. Uh, do, you think this, <laughs> do you think this like Rudy Gobert's performance this year improves Muhammad Bamba's stock come draft time? The impact that a like a big, tall, physically imposing defensive stopgap can have on an organization's identity.
0: Yeah, I think it's the only reason why a, someone like Mohamed Bamba is, is there. Because before, the big man has to be sort of big and strong. If, if now, if you're big and lanky, it's almost better. It's oh, more it, beneficial. so it is. In today's so, for, game, yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. So dish. I think that's the product of a lot of things. Like Greek Freak is another example, mm-hmm. but you, you can go back and, and see that the game has changed. There's. The, the the prototypical big, strong center is hard to exist nowadays Especially
3: yeah. a, a, like a fluid, quick, you know Guy can kind of guard the perimeter as well
2: you Yeah, know, yeah, yeah Like, like if you're not Shaq in today's NBA Then you have to be tall and lanky
3: Yeah like so Carl we got Anthony Gobert, Towns. Gobert yeah. Greg, who you got, buddy?
1: You know, I, I don't think he'll win it Nor should he But I liked watching Paul George play defense this year, man yeah. that, He is so good. active in the passing lanes It's true Really
3: impressed me, actually.
0: Yeah, no, I know he's he's been great.
3: All right, moving down the list, um, the other award we can discuss today is NBA Rookie of the Year. Something we've mentioned earlier. For me, I did say Donovan Mitchell a couple of weeks ago, but I'm still going to go with Ben Simmons. Eleven triple doubles, first player since Oscar Robertson to average 15, eight and eight as a rookie. Uh, took a, basically took a 28 win team and transformed to a 50 win team. Um, entering the playoffs, the team's on like what a 14 game win streak. Like a legitimate, viable playoff contender, like people are actually talking about them potentially reaching the the NBA Finals as well. Ben Simmons is my guy. Dominic Mitchell had a fantastic season. I think he's gonna have a very bright future, but but it's Ben's year. It well, it but is it called the
1: sophomore of the year award? Like
0: he didn't play,
1: but I mean, you know what? Like you're still growing, and like you're part of the look. Ben Simmons is no doubt like the the more impressive of the two players. Mm. The only thing is if you think that he's even eligible for it. Now, I don't think he should be, personally. I think it should be just rookie. Because you get the, he gets the advantage of being in there and, get, and growing in so many different ways and getting comfortable. Rookies get like punched in the face by the NBA, right? Well,
3: these two guys, like they've legitimately just kept getting better and better and better. Donovan, there yeah. wasn't like the Jason Tatum sort of mid-season collapse. Like, these guys have been getting better. Well, the thing is, Ben Simmons had hype right?
1: I, Donovan Mitchell to me is such a good story. Like I remember watching him at the beginning of the year when we played Utah and I think they, they might have beat us in Utah or it was a close game. I remember watching him, who is this kid? Yeah, yeah. Right? And then um watching him come into Toronto and put a L on us, man that was that mm-hmm. that game yeah right yeah you were right Mitchell yeah. did us in
0: yeah, he had a great dunk and everybody cheered <laughs> But
1: you know what you're right I mean Ben Simmons you can't
0: you can't walk. argue but it's Ben he, Simmons
1: even my dad he's like, oh, I saw the Philly player I like <laughs> I like the Simmons guy he's very good very good
2: I think uh with Ben Simmons and uh, the kid from the jazz um Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell Mitchell. Exactly, sorry kind of sleepy here Donovan Mitchell the story is inspiring it's great I think it's great for the NBA it's great for the jazz I just think it comes up a tad short when it comes to Ben Simmons and what he's been able to do with with the whole process you know this team went from absolutely shit garbage for the past like five years and then to make that one step last year and then take it as far as he has this year, to the point where they're a fifty-win team, third in the East. I mean, Donovan, like the Jazz are third in the West, which is a harder conference. But you know, just from where the Philly Philly has came from, you know, I think it speaks volume about what Ben Simmons has been able to do.
1: But would he have done this last year? That's the question. Like, would he have put up the same numbers you think as a nineteen-year-old?
0: I I honestly a, do think nineteen so.
1: and twenty are, like that's a year that year makes a difference. He's you know what? Dominated. His, everywhere but the thing he's
2: played. is, like. You know, when I think about him and I want to compare him to a guy like Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins didn't have the mindset. Ben Simmons has a killer mindset. He's coming to the league saying, listen, I'm great. I want to be like LeBron it's and Steph Aussie Curry. And, 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 <laughs> and I want to be better than all these guys, you know? And with that mentality, I think he could have got it done last year. Probably not to the extent yeah, that yeah. he's done this year. Maybe the numbers wouldn't have been as as uh, prolific as they are. Year?
0: Who won rookie of the year last year? Brogdon. I'm sure. But I'm telling you, LeBron James has been calling. Brogdon. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would have totally <laughs> won last Brogdon, year. Yeah. LeBron James has been dubbing Ben Simmons as the younger him since he's been 16. Yeah. So, like, he's always had that physical. Really, eh? Yeah, he's always had the physicality well, and like, the body he's, type. He's
1: in with his. Uh, but um, to be, uh, produ- I think the, the uh, mindset's even more important. Yeah. He's in with his agent, his agency, right? He signed yeah, with yeah, clutch. Yeah. Hey, is there a chance? Sorry, I'm hijacking the narrative, Brandon. I know you don't like it. uh, (laughs) It's my
3: birthday. (laughs) Uh, By the way, it's Greg's birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday, Greg. Ah, 30. Hey, 30-30. It's all downhill from here. (laughs) It's all, yeah. Um, You know,
1: now what were we talking about? (laughs) We're talking about Rookie of the Year. Goddamn
0: Brownie. Ben Simmons. What What Brownie? Rookie of the Year.
1: Um, Do you think that... He can take that next step without a jump
0: shot. Yeah, for sure. I, d- I definitely his shot is that. broke. Like he
1: no. doesn't exist. No,
0: he's yeah, well, ne- It can never... only get better from here. What do you mean? Exactly, no, but, and that's what the offseason is well, for. Yeah, so. of course, but it can it's can not get get that easy. Like
1: it takes a lot to, to you know develop that next level. Yeah, hey, man, shot. Jonas
0: Valanciunas is shooting threes. Anything no, can happen. He
1: was always a good finesse player. Like Simmons doesn't actually know how to shoot. He's like Pirtle.
0: But anything you know I mean? can, Like look there's a like can shoot
1: better than
2: him. But Giannis couldn't always shoot Giannis exactly. got better he shoot exactly. better
1: than, but, but he can still shoot Yeah like, no, right Simmons now actually, for sure But Ben Simmons actually Just knows how to dunk And lay up And that's fine That's the type of player I was
2: man And hit the like, shooters And hit the shooters look,
1: I know yeah. but I'm saying Can he, and he take the next step
3: Without adding a knockdown Because otherwise Like you could kind of Yeah just, but he might not have to though like he might not have, for him to do what he's doing this rookie season to dominate the way he's dominating. The thing is in his first year in, in the NBA, episode, no, he is, might be the few like the, the this exception. Is Magic when it comes Johnson's
1: to, NBA though? Right, like even LeBron, like yeah, but he I won't think, survive unless he 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 continues to improve that shot. Yeah, but that's I a transcendent survive. talent. I don't think that it's One a matter of him surviving.
2: Who, I think it's a, for LeBron, like him being able to hit that shot just makes him that much greater.
1: No, no, but he's low thirty-seven. <laughs> LeBron needs
3: that that jump shot. Exactly. Alright guys, moving to the last is only 20. award selection uh for today. We're gonna talk about the NBA Six Man of the Year Award. It's an easy one. I think we can all agree with this. It's Lou Williams, twenty two point six points per game, five point three assists, currently averaging more points per game than thirty four of the last thirty five six man award winners in previous seasons. He's my lock. One hundred percent, no question about it.
0: Yeah, or Fred VanVleet
3: What about the six mob? <laughs> yeah, the
0: whole Raptors bench What are you talking you about? Know, did you
3: hear about Six man of award
2: It's it, on right?
1: a fucking group The, the Raptors <laughs> submitted Dude, we submitted The whole bench Fuck it uh, that We submitted that to the league office. That That's
2: a story in itself. Whether it fits the
0: qualifications or not, just let you know. It doesn't
1: fit the qualifications. <laughs> like, no, yeah.
0: but, the, no, you're debating time, if Ben Simmons is allowed to be Rookie of the Year. Oh, this, this is not allowed. One time.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what the precedent actually is? It's when they gave uh, the Atlanta Hawks Player of the Week. They gave,
3: or Player of the Month, I
1: think it was. Oh, like they the entire team.
3: whole uh, starting lineup a Player of the Month award. That's the most homer statement, though. The entire Raptors bench deserves to be the sixth men of the year. Look Completely at their plus changing minus. Changing the, like, description of what the award but I'll is. I'll tell you, Brandon, it is
1: actually the best story of the year that the American yeah, but you're, media you're, you're, is not talking about. Yeah, but you're
3: insinuating that the Toronto Raptors bench is the greatest bench unit of all time because the NBA has to redact what the sixth man award represents <laughs> to accommodate good, the greatness of our de- hey, bench. I didn't that doesn't say, make any sense
1: to me. I didn't say that they should win it. <laughs> it's
3: Lou
0: Williams alright. I
1: didn't say that they should win it. I'm just saying, it's such a great story that really, right, the hack Rachel Nichols media is just not covering because she's talking about
3: Haywatch. I think in comparison, Rachel Nichols is perfectly fine. Chris (laughs) Broussard is my fucking, I I, I hate that guy. Um, All right, guys, moving to the fourth quarter in one sec. Uh, Here's some more Makimoto. Greg's got a gripe, hopefully. We'll hear it. I got something. I'll be back in a second. All right folks, we're back with Canada's favorite podcast segment, the Diamond Pizza sponsored not sponsored segment, small poutine. The small poutine by Diamond Pizza Greg, what is your gripe this week, man? You got the platform, you got the floor. Look, Let's we, hear it. Like, you know what? And I didn't I had a couple different things that were pissing me off, but
1: th- given the fact this is the last podcast and it's a Raptors framed or or, uh, or specialized podcast. Look, these 3s We're shooting too many threes, and the biggest culprit of this to me is CJ Miles, and I've been saying it all year. He okay, Leo Routins and Jack Armstrong, and especially Matt Devon. They they talk about this guy like he's JJ Redick, like he's a shooter, like we just signed this this dead eye shooter that we just need to know that we just need to give him tons of shots. And no, no, he is a good shooting player. But he didn't, he didn't grow up as a shooter. J.J. Redick, Steve Curry, the, the, these guys are shooters, right? Like, they run off the ball screens, that's what they do. Steph Curry even started that way. C.J. Miles is a player that evolved into a good shooter, but we use them as, like, like the idea of him driving it to the basket is like an afterthought, or pump faking and doing that is an afterthought. It's like, we need him to fit a quota. We need C.J. Miles to shoot t- 10 threes a game so we have high percentage, yeah, three-point looks. We
3: shouldn't expect it so, on a nightly basis. He should no. be a complementary
1: piece. And, and that's what yeah. we've got, and that's exactly what's happened this year where you see I, I remember him being on the pacers and watching him at one night You lit us up he hit like six threes the rest of the time not really much because he's very streaky he's a good player and he's surprised he, he's got some uh, uh, you know what in his game he can take you to the basket he's a good passer yep, yep. right we should the way that we're using him and this idea that we have to meet this quota i hope to god that Dwayne casey wakes up we're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league We shouldn't be taking this uh, this many threes. Highest shots per game, lowest makes per game, right? I think I
0: was gonna say sorry because to me it's. it's, Am I crazy here? It's Dwayne Casey. I don't think it's so much C J Miles, right? That you're upset with because
1: (laughs) no, it's how we're using C J. And I think Dwayne Casey is pressured into doing that because he feels like he has to modernize the offense and fit into this new NBA. well that's
0: on Dwayne then more than CJ because put it this way if it's not CJ shooting it's Serge Ibaka shooting
1: which is what we saw last year but but that's the same exact same thing we're talking about is when Serge came and it was just like yeah green light Serge like whenever you're open like you're a dead eye three point shooter or something you know look but you know why we we beat Boston the second time because we stopped taking fucking threes and we attacked the basket Okay, and yeah. then the three became open, and then the drop offs, and right? We're such an athletic team.
2: That's the way the game is, man. Punish them, inside yeah. out, inside yeah. out. But it's never outside in.
1: I see, this one in the playoffs, I see us trying to come out that way, whatever, because this is what we did in Cleveland, too. Kyle Lowry just hanging outside, shooting these Steph Curry threes. I see us taking it inside and playing with force way more. Yeah. I see us, you know, you gotta hitting the roll, up.
2: man, way more. Like, and the most important thing about that. That not a lot of people taking into consideration is when you just settle for threes, the defense is ready to run in transition. When you hammer on the inside, you the defense has to collapse. The defense has to collapse, and they're not ready to go in transition. Yeah. And and it banging on the inside up. makes your defense that much better, and that's what these players don't realize. Like when Kyle Lowry just pulls up from three point line, like it's not good for your defense. It's are not. we gonna
1: beat? Are we gonna beat Cleveland in a three point shooting contest? Hell no, no, we're not. That's ex- that's exactly what they want. That's what they if you want. Think the players for it, it would be different. But to me, Serge Ibaka is not the same as Kevin Love. Serge can make you pay if you not. leave him open, but Love will make you pay sometimes even when you don't, right?
2: And far more frequently.
1: Yeah, exactly, right. So I I think for us, if we're gonna really be serious about beating Cleveland too, we gotta embrace the city game. I see us coming out and still playing the way that we've been playing, but. I see us being uh, 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 a lot more aggressive in taking the ball to the basket. I don't think we advance playing the three-point hype.
2: Yeah, and, and that's and, the key. And that's
1: the gripe. Yeah.
3: All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, with Playoff Talk, we'll finish up the award discussion as well. Uh, just going into Game 1. Fuck the rest. Let's go Raptors, baby. Go Raptors! Fuck them, man. We're the North. <laughs> if we lose, I'm going to kill them. And
2: it's snowing, so fuck
3: them. <laughs> Game one? I live for one thing, and that's Toronto Raptors basketball. No, we just day. have to win game one. <laughs> uh, thank you, Roach, for tuning in, guys. Catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Have a fantastic rest of your week.
1: Peace out, T-Dot. And Carter comes up shooting. Oh, bless, fam.